0: And if you do sign up, please let me know how you find it. If there's any other information you would like me to include or any other feedback, I would be very grateful if you could send me that. Thank you. In this episode, I'm going to go over some of the basic blood tests that you need to run on your child, at least at the beginning of their health building program. And in many cases, it's a good idea to rerun at least some of these tests every once in a while, like every Three months at the start maybe and then as your child gets healthier as you get used to the health building program as your child's health improves then you can start running them once twice a year just to kind of monitor what's going on so the the first couple are your standard complete blood count and the comprehensive metabolic panel these are just for your doctor to have a look at and see if there's any anomalities that need to kind of be addressed or investigated further so these are like your standard tests that that will always be run when you run a blood test then the next probably the most important markers are zinc in plasma and copper in serum so plasma zinc and serum copper now these are Probably the most important if you're going to run the initial test is because, as I've mentioned previously, a zinc and copper imbalance is one of, it's probably the most common uh, imbalance in autistic children. So, this is not difficult to uh, correct or at least improve in most cases. So, getting this data early on is extremely important. Next up, you want to do Uh, the iron and ferritin panel, and any other markers related to iron, because smaller children, especially under five years old, they're generally at a higher risk of iron deficiency. This is something that you can address very easily, again, with your doctor or your practitioner. You also want to check folate and vitamin B12. These are also either deficient in in our diet, or many autistic children have genetic variations that can cause imbalances in the metabolism of these two vitamins. So getting your child's folate and vitamin B12 um, levels can inform the supplementation program that your practitioner designs. Next up is vitamin D. This is another very common nutrient to be deficient or low in autistic children. I've seen many studies around the world on various continents that have shown autistic children to be low on vitamin D, and it's another thing that can generally be addressed relatively easily, you know, taking your child out in the sunshine more often, vitamin D supplementation, things like that. Next up, blood lipids, so lipids are fats, so basically your child's cholesterol levels, their HDL, LDL cholesterol, now this is important Because I've also seen some research that uh, a certain subset of autistic children have low cholesterol. Cholesterol is extremely important for many processes in the body. So, and we've kind of been scared into thinking cholesterol is bad and, and things like that. And sure, very high cholesterol is probably not very healthy. But on the other hand, low cholesterol is also not healthy. So we need a fairly balanced cholesterol level. So this is something that you want to check if your child has a low cholesterol. Of course, you want to run a thyroid panel, just your standard TSH, T3 and T4. This is the basic thyroid panel. And if anything comes up irregular here, you want to, at that point, do the more comprehensive thyroid panel, which includes um, markers for antibodies and things like that. So this is just something you want to keep an eye on. I haven't really seen much research, if any, that autistic children have thyroid problems, but it is, it can be a bit of a red flag when if the thyroid, if the TSH is high, for example, or there's some other irregularities with the thyroid hormones, it is a red flag that there's something else to be investigated, like uh, parasites, bacterial infections, heavy metal toxicity, things like that. But you already should know that those are things that you need to be investigating anyway. And then the last couple of markers that can be considered basic markers are um, markers for inflammation. So one is C-reactive protein. The marker is called HS-CRP or CRP, C-reactive protein. This This is a marker of inflammation that you want to check. If it is high, elevated, even if it's in the of the range within the normal range this is something that you need to investigate further because inflammation chronic inflammation is of course not a good thing so you want to identify and stall or address any sources of inflammation in your child's body because they will not be health promoting processes and then the other marker of inflammation is homocysteine now this one can if it is elevated, generally you can, there's some, um, nutrient strategies your practitioner can recommend, such as folate, B12, um, trimethylglycine, for example, dimethylglycine. These are amino acids supplements that can be used to address a high homocysteine. So if the homocysteine is high, you really want to know that because if this molecule accumulates in the body, it can definitely it, it's a damaging molecule so you want to keep those numbers within the range so this is something you want to if, if your child's homocysteine level is high this is something you want to find out immediately so you can do something about it to prevent further damage of this uh, inflammatory molecule in the body now just to add to that actually if the homocysteine is high there it might be be valuable to run um, what is known as a methylation genetics panel or or a variation thereof. So if you can run a test to see what your child's methylation-related genes are, if there's any variations that can kind of reduce the methylation capacity, that's when, in some cases, homocysteine can build up. So it can be related to nutrition or deficiencies in the diet or genetics but there's always something that can be done about it. So it's not all doom and gloom. As always, this data is important to get so you can do something about it, not so you can you know, feel bad or whatever. So this is why it's so important to get started immediately with the health building program and the recommendations in my book with the help of your practitioner and doctor, of course. So those are the basic tests. There's of course many more advanced tests that you can run. But it's important to get these at least at the start and then every six to 12 months just to kind of monitor these biomarkers. And of course, if there's any anomalies, you want to maybe test them a bit more often. For example, if you're correcting a zinc and copper imbalance, then you might want to test every month for the first, say, six months or nine months. And then after that, maybe once or twice a year depending on what your doctor thinks or your practitioner. And of course, if there's any anomalies on these tests, that's when it may warrant uh, further investigation. So this is just important to get started with, and then you can get more advanced as you get a grip on these more uh, basic tests. So I hope that you found this episode useful, and I hope to see you on the next one.